We are in a series called Speak. And we have been talking about how God speaks to us and how we speak to him. And the first couple weeks, just to set this up for you, uh, the first week we talked about God is our Father and how we approach him. I think it's really important for us to set our approach. So we really didn't even talk about how do we talk to him. We didn't talk about how he talks to us on that first week. We really talked about our attitude when we come before God. When it's time to pray, how do we think? And I think that's one of the challenges for many of us is how do we approach God. And we, said, we simply said this. Even in the Lord's Prayer, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, throughout that portion of Scripture, the word Father is used over and over and over again. And the point is, is not necessarily the perfect words to say when you pray. The point is that I am your Father, so don't be one who is long-winded when you preach because I know what you need. And don't be one who is trying to impress people because you can't really impress me. I am your Father after all. I know you pretty well. And then he says, I I know what you need. And so then he starts the Lord's Prayer by saying, our Father, to set the tone for how you pray. So we pray not to receive something, but to relate to someone. Prayer must first and foremost be something that relates us to God, that allows us to have a relationship. And so that's first and foremost is how we approach God, and so we talked about God as Father, so he loves us and is willing to do something, and God is God, so he is able to do it. So we both approach him knowing he cares for us and approach him knowing that he can do whatever we ask him to do in his name. And then last week, we talked about the importance of being still. We talked about the importance of going up the mountain. We talked about how Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness, and we talked about how Jesus actually tried to get away often to be alone with God. And that it was important for him because we, he knew that for him to be who he was meant to be for people, he had to be who he was meant to be before his father. And for us to impress creation the way we are meant to in terms of how we affect it, we must be impressed by our creator. And so there are things, that the way we relate to creation is often a byproduct of how we're relating with our father. So there are things that frustrate us about creation, and some of that is born out of our own frustration with how God is or isn't, in our minds, speaking to us or leading us or guiding us. Anybody relate to that? And so for so many, so we have to approach him as father, and two, we have to find a place. We have, and I told people, you know, my granddad's was walking up and down the beach in Newport, which is not fair, um, uh, Jesus, he liked to t- walk on the mountains and, and amongst the wilderness, and, uh, and I have a big red chair. That's, about, that's, that's what I got. That's all you get here in Texas. You get brown grass and, um, and a big comfy red chair. So that's how it works. Um, and here's, I, I didn't hear that. It was on my deaf side. So um, I don't know about you guys. I, I don't know how this works for you, but have you ever called somebody? Uh, in fact, Meredith does this. Meredith, when she sees someone calling me, and it's someone we know, Meredith likes to take my phone and try to impersonate me. <laughs> right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever tried to impersonate someone? Um, or someone's tried to do, and it, it never works. It, it's never like, oh, like they don't start a conversation and Meredith just holds it down. The only way she gets away with it is if, if she just says something very quickly in one word at a time. Hello? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you get away with it. But if she has to start an actual conversation and actually use sentences, then all of a sudden it falls away. All of a sudden those people go, where is Brandon? 
And, and it runs in the family. My sister-in-law does the same thing. So my sister-in-law will pick up the phone trying to impersonate Meredith if I try to call Meredith. And, and she will pick up the phone and try to sound like Meredith. And, and, and it's, it's amazing how even though uh, it's, it's a woman's voice and even though they're sisters and even though they've been around each other for a while, she still can't get that voice. And I can hear in the way she says things or in the words she uses or, or the way she enunciates certain things, it's pretty clear pretty quickly that that is not my wife. And there's something about hearing people you know that you can recognize who that is. And you can recognize if it was the person you were meant to call or not. It's, it's, it's incredible to me how I can, I, if my dad picks up the phone, it doesn't matter if I'm meant to call him, whatever. If my dad picks up the phone, he goes, hello? It's that. It's Hello? It's the same hello every single time. And in fact, you will call me and it starts to sound that way. I start to answer the phone the same way. People think they called my dad for a minute. And then I start talking and begin to realize, oh, that's not Paul. That's, okay, that's Brandon. I don't know if you've ever been on the phone with someone who calls you who assumes that you know who they are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you, man? It's good. I'm so glad you called. Yeah, right? Anybody know there's something about being familiar with someone's voice. There's something about it that's it's incredibly important because it's only then that you actually will, one, continue the conversation, and two, allow it to where, go to where it's meant to go. And I think maybe that's the challenge of prayer for so many people. It's not really speaking to God, although I do think that's a challenge at times, I, what you're supposed to say to him. You, you can kind of read the Lord's Prayer. I've done that multiple times when I'm struggling. What do I say? I'll just start with the Lord's Prayer, and it usually begins to generate some other things. And, and it's not usually that I know I need a time and a place and maybe some, some moments where I really uh, consistently and diligently seek him. And, and I, it's really, if I've done those things, am I really hearing God's voice? That seems to me to, to, at the end of the day, become one of the great challenges for us as people is, did I actually hear God? I mean, it just sounds like a big thing for me to be able to recognize his voice. If I'm praying all these things, God, lead me, God, direct me, God, speak to me, God, do what you want to do. And, and, and if I'm still doubting or confused about or frustrated by whether or not I can hear his voice, then prayer becomes a frustrating, discouraging thing. And if we put a pressure on ourselves to hear God a certain way or to speak to God a certain way, then prayer is a pressured place. When prayer should be a place of freedom, it should be a place of relationship. It should be a place of conversation. Now, I know for some of you going, okay, do you like literally you talk and you hear him speak like you're having a conversation. You're going to talk to him about the Atlanta Falcons today and you're going to do all that. Like, is that really what goes on? Well, we're going to talk a bit about that. And I actually think Jesus talks about that. I think Jesus is very clear. In fact, I think throughout Scripture you see that God is throughout Scripture trying to remind us that he does speak. That, that you cannot read this throughout and all of a sudden come to a conclusion that God is not interested in hearing you and speaking to you. I think the Bible is very clear throughout all of Scripture that that's happening. But in John 10, in John 10, he speaks about something. This is actually Jesus talking in John chapter 10. I'm actually going to read it through the message translation, so that will be on the screen if you want to follow along. John chapter 10, verse 1, and this is Jesus speaking. 
He says this. He says, let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. The shepherd walks right up to the gate. The gatekeeper opens the gate to him, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. This is why this is important. Uh, the, the, sheep, the shepherds would put all the sheep in one pen, and then all the shepherds would come one by one and open the gate, and then they would speak to their sheep. So the sheep would have to recognize his voice. And they would, so he doesn't have to go one by one and grab them and pull them out. He says one thing or says a couple things to his sheep and they hear his voice because they recognize it. And they begin to filter themselves out of the crowd. And so this idea of, of the shepherd coming and calling them out. And, 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 and later on in 1016, he speaks about those who were already Jews. And then he speaks about those who are Gentiles. You see some things there that are important for us as people. But he says, I, they recognize my voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar. Everybody say familiar. They follow because they are familiar with his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. There's something important that I, just out of this verse, we're going to hang out in this verse for the rest of the day. But I, there's something really important about this verse. Number one is that there is a voice and he is speaking. There is a voice and he is speaking. I read this uh, this week as I was preparing and I love this quote. It says, this voice, which is a voice of love, grace, and mercy, which proclaims peace, pardon, liberty, life, righteousness and salvation and which is a soul quickening alluring delighting refreshing and comforting voice this the people of Christ are made to hear not only externally but internally so as to understand it delight in it and distinguish it from another I'm going to read that again even though it's not my words you can still amen it and I think you should this voice a voice of love and grace and mercy, which proclaims peace and pardon and liberty, life, righteousness, and salvation, and which is a soul quickening, alluring, delighting, refreshing, and comforting voice. This the people of Christ are made to hear, not only externally but internally, so as to understand it, delight in it, and distinguish it from another. There you go. It's a good voice. He is speaking. God does speak to us. And he is meant for us as people to delight in that voice. That when you hear that voice on the other side of the phone, you don't begin to go, I'm not sure who, that you actually then lean in because it's Meredith, it's, it's somebody you know, it's somebody that you know will speak life, it's somebody you love, it's somebody you care about. When that voice speaks, you lean into it because you recognize it and you're familiar with it. And you begin, like we talked about last week, begin to separate yourself out from whatever else you were doing because you want to hear the voice of God. And it's reassuring to me, even in the moments where I feel like I can't hear him, even in the moments where I feel like it's a difficult thing, even when those times come on a Monday morning when I'm praying and I'm saying, God, I need to know, what are we supposed to do here? What are we supposed to, like what, even in those moments where it's difficult, 
for whatever reason, to know that God is speaking. He is. God's speaking to us. Now, let me just say a couple things, because this word recognize and this word familiar, those are key words. Because recognition isn't something that comes once, it's something that comes over time. Familiarity is something that's done because there is intimacy and there is a long-standing relationship. So for some of you, the moment you hear this verse, you begin to say, oh man, I, like, I don't know his voice yet, and I'm, I feel like I feel guilty about that. I feel condemned for that. Like, somehow I'm not getting it. The reality is, is that this, this voice of God is meant to be something that you grow into. It's meant to be something that we grow familiar with. That it isn't the first day that you all of a sudden know exactly what the voice of God sounds like. Now, that's not to say that he can't speak in a moment and quicken your spirit, and that the Holy Spirit can't say something to you as clear as day but it is to say this ongoing relationship is one that you develop and grow in. That as we follow him and as we go with him and as we answer that first call of saying, yes, I want to give my life to him, that we grow in familiarity. In fact, there's a story, and I'm just going to recount it to you because I, I, I don't want to read the, the whole thing. But there's a story of a young man named uh, Samuel. Some of you may have heard this. If you haven't, it's completely okay. But 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3 tells a story of a young man named Samuel, Samuel who's in preparation uh, to be a prophet. Uh, and he's in preparation with a man named Eli. And he's in the house of Eli. And they go to sleep one night. And all of a sudden, Samuel, sleeping in another room, hears someone call him and say, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel wakes up. He goes into Eli's room and says, Eli, did you call me? Eli says, No. Would you please not wake me up again? That's a terrible excuse to wake me up. You're just messing with me now. So Samuel goes back to sleep. God calls him again and says, Samuel, Samuel. He wakes up. He goes back into Eli's room. says, Eli, you called me. Now, one of them, both of them think the other is messing with him at this point, right? Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Samuel goes back to sleep. Lord calls him again, says, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel gets up, runs into his eyes room and goes, okay, dude, for real. Was that you? Otherwise, we've got to talk because I'm definitely hearing something. Eli says, no, it wasn't me. So he goes back to sleep. This is, I'm telling Samuel, the fourth time, here's this, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel gets up. And I, I imagine there's a level of frustration in Samuel at this point, right? And I would also imagine that Eli's a little bit frustrated. Like, I know what it's like. I've got an eight-month at home. I know what it's like to be woken up for no reason. <laughs> to go in the other room and to figure And so Samuel's going into Eli's room and again says, okay, Eli, like seriously, I don't understand what you're trying to teach me here. Like, are you calling me? And Eli, it says, recognizes in that moment that it's not him, but the Lord that is calling Samuel. The importance of people in your life. Amen? The importance not only of just people, but people who've been there, done that, who you can ask for help. So important. So necessary. And so Eli looks at Samuel and says, okay, no, this is God. So I want you to go back, and the next time it happens, I want you to simply say, speak, Lord, I am listening. 
Here's why I brought that scripture up. There's a lot of great things about this section of scripture. And there's a lot of incredible things that we could pick apart and talk through. But I, I don't want to talk about all that. I just want to pick apart one key thing. And that is this. That the Lord didn't stop speaking. Like the Lord didn't look at Samuel, and the first time Samuel misconstrued his voice, or the first time Samuel messed up what he said, or the first time, the second time, and the third time Samuel went into someone else's room and woke them up. Right? God didn't stop speaking. God kept calling his name. I think sometimes we think if we pray on Monday and we don't hear God, that we better stop because we've obviously messed something up and we need to be, like, repenting and we need to fast and we need to, like, and those things are important. But understand this, that God isn't stopping. God isn't shutting down. God isn't shutting down his voice simply because you haven't quite recognized it yet. In fact, in the first Samuel story, it talks about this, that Samuel just, he worshiped God. He knew God. He was, man, he loved God. He had he'd done all, he was in the house of God. He was doing all those things. And yet it says in this one little line there, in 1 Samuel 3, it says, he had not yet had the revelation of his voice, that he had not quite recognized his voice yet, that this was the moment that Samuel was going to recognize the voice of God. And that it took some time. And that he's not stop, he, hasn't, he hasn't shut down because you haven't quite gotten it yet. Or I haven't quite gotten it yet. That he's still speaking. Like he's still calling your voice. He's still, and, 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 and it's so important for us to hear that because I really do think we carry this burden in prayer sometimes. That if we don't get this like roof ripped off the ceiling kind of moment that somehow we're praying wrong. But I actually think that it's the, the persistence in prayer that develops the relationship that actually gives us the opportunity to fully recognize God's voice. And so communication leads to communion, and that communion leads to a unity, which is what God blesses. And so as we progress over time, as we continue to find that time and place, as we continue to go up the mountain, as we continue to open up his word, as we continue to show up in church, and as we continue to be around other people, we begin to develop and hear God's voice. We hear someone talk about how they had read something and it was as clear as day that that was God trying to get their attention or whatever it might be. There's an impression upon your spirit. But I actually don't think God's trying to confuse you. I don't think God's trying to be unclear. I don't think God's trying to hide behind anything. I don't think God's trying to be secretive. And if you can figure out the amazing map that he's laid out. I think God is simply saying if you would make room and if you would be still, you will know that I am God. Now, I, I would say this. I would say there's two primary ways God speaks. And I think there's some, uh, some underneath these, there are some different variations. But I would say two ways. One is his word. This, this his word, is one way that he speaks and I don't think you can have a healthy prayer life if you don't have a healthy reading life. I think it's very difficult for us to be growing in prayer if we aren't at the same time growing in what we digest and what we are actually allowing our hearts and minds to begin to shape us. Right? So there's an important part. This word cannot be added to. It cannot, this is important. This matters. And I've found that some of my best prayer times have been after I've read something and then I begin to just pray that something. And I begin to pray that thing through. The second thing would be the Holy Spirit, our counselor, our comforter. 
I find it would be very difficult to be a counselor and not speak to the person who's with you. I, in fact, I heard Robert Morris say this. He, he said it would be interesting to say to someone, let's have a personal relationship with Jesus and then tell them after they get saved that he does not speak anymore. Some of you are getting that. That for us, that, that the Lord speaks to us both through his word and, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us as an advocate. It was given to us as a as one who would lead us into all truth, as one who would counsel us, as one who would comfort us, as one who would gift to us and one who would produce in us. He was one who was going to be so involved in who we are. And what he would do is always, always confirm what the word is already saying. But let's be clear that, that it, is, it is, there are some things in your life that this Bible doesn't specifically address. Some of you are like, no, don't say that, that's not true. It doesn't specifically address uh, the job that you're deciding on. It doesn't tell you whether or not you should take the job at, in this market or that market. It, it doesn't tell you, uh, that you whether or not you should wear red and black on this Sunday or whether you should wear something else. It doesn't tell you. It, there, there's things the Bible doesn't speak about. Now, if some of you guys are asking the Holy Spirit what to wear, then, man, you guys are close. But, uh, but, but, I, but that happens. I know that happens. So, so, so here's my point. My point is that the, the Holy Spirit allows, because, again, this Bible is not, and I, I, I don't mind it being said this way, that this is your guidebook for life, but I, I just think that this is much more than a guidebook. I think it's something to eat. And I I know that sounds weird, weird as well, I get it, but the Bible says that this is a daily bread, that this is something to digest, this is something that's actually be, supposed to become part of us, that this is the living word of God, that it is not necessarily just a guidebook, this is the most mysterious, amazing book of the Bible, because the truth is it's not even just a book, it's a bunch of books by, written by a bunch of people that all speak about the same thing, that's what's so amazing about this, and so you begin to read this Bible and you begin to digest and it becomes something that you've internalized. So it is not just something that is a guidebook, but it is something that becomes who you are and begins to renew and change the way you think so that you would know the good and the pleasing and the perfect will of God. So there's this point here where you read this and then you pray this and then all of a sudden it begins to change this. And so these work together. Man, I tell you what, when I'm reading and I'm praying, things are good. When I'm only praying, it, look, it's not like it's bad. Prayer is just prayer is good. And when I'm only reading and then I get rushed and I got to put the kids and I forget to pray. You know, but when I get both of them, there's something about that. Man, it's like the chicken fried steak and the sides. Like you got to have both. You don't just do one. That's crazy. There's something about having both of these present in our lives because the Holy Spirit is meant to illuminate Scripture, illuminate the Word of God so that the things that need to be brighter to you in whatever season you are in can be the brightest thing you see and so that you can begin to do life knowing God is working through both the Word and through His own impression upon you. And you begin to grow more and more familiar. And those are the key words in this Scripture that I think matter so much. It says this. It says that we are, they, they will follow him because they are familiar. Familiar. That there is, a, there is a level of familiarity with him. In fact, familiar, if you define it in just the regular old dictionary, would say well-known from long or close association. Or it would say in close friendship. That's what familiar means. 
And I think it's important for us to know that we are meant to grow familiar, that it is okay to be like Samuel and every once in a while get it wrong, that God is your father. You know, I, I'm walking through this now with my kids. Over the course of time with my children, I know they're going to grow more and more in the language that we speak. I understand that. So I understand also when I say something that he doesn't quite understand that I might have to reemphasize it. I might have to say it more than once, but I'm not going to then say, get out of my house because you don't understand what this means. You're three. You should know by now. What it actually causes me to do as a father is pull in closer and say, let me just explain this to you. How many of you know your father, every time he calls your name and you quite don't, you just quite, just not quite getting there yet, you're just, he leans in just a bit more. And if you would continue to put yourself in front of your father, that he would continue to speak in such a way that you would begin to see it. And don't put so much pressure. There, there may be a verse that you're going, well, I'm supposed to get this the thing ripped off the roof and I'm supposed to get, well, maybe he just gave you a scripture for you today to know, like, man, some of you just heard Leah reading that verse about where we plant our feet, what our foundation is. There's the word of the Lord for you today, y'all. Build your life on a firm foundation. What I find throughout this Bible is that he's not necessarily trying to give you the specific answer, to, but he's trying to give you an understanding that I am speaking so that we would incline our ear to when he speaks, so that when he speaks, I'm familiar with it, and then I will follow because I'm familiar There's something about being familiar that allows me to follow God in such a way that I trust him. You know, the the context of the scripture, again, is shepherds. and The shepherds would often lay down in front of the gate. They wouldn't let uh, anything else in. Uh, The the shepherd, again, Jesus doesn't drive you. He leads you. And so you you see even in here, it says that, 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 that I go out before them and they follow me. That God is trying to be one who leads you. He's not trying to be one that drives you. He's trying to be one who leads you so that he can see what is out there, so he can protect you from what's to come, or he can find the thing you need to nourish you. He, he, he can figure out what's next because he's in front. He is one willing to take that for you. He's one willing to stand between you and whatever is to come. And, and he will lead you. And so the Holy Spirit leads us. to go. He goes before us. Because he loves us. He doesn't drive us. He knows us by name and he, he leads us and we follow. And this is the one that, that can be a bit challenging. Because the truth is sometimes I pray and I hope he doesn't speak. Some of you are going, okay, pastor, um, you're fired. Uh, let, let me, let me, here, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying there are times where I say something, ask something of God. And I go, God, what should I do here? And I'm hoping he doesn't say what I think he's going to say. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you ever seen somebody across the room or someone uh, in the grocery store or you see, and, you, and there's part of you that knows you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go say something, but instead you go, God, you know, do you think I should do that? Like it's already, you already know. Holy Spirit's already given you. You're like, okay, cool. But you turn it into a prayer time hoping that they'll rush out by the time you have this conversation done, Right? And then you're hoping that he doesn't say, yes, absolutely, 100%, go. You're here for a reason. Some of you look at me so religious right now. (laughs) Listen, sometimes our difficulty in, in, in wanting to grow familiar is because growing familiar with God's voice is then leads us at a place where we must then decide if we will follow his voice. 
And some of the challenges we face in our life are, are the biggest challenges, not because both are bad options, but because both are good options. And, and we don't know which one is the right one. And we're asking God to give us direction, and we're a little bit worried about which one he's going to choose. Because I've found that God rarely leaves me comfortable. I, I don't know. If, just think about this. Wouldn't it be nice for the sheep just to hang out in the pen? Like it's got a fence. It's protected. It's like it's good. The shepherd calls them out every day. Let's go out where there's danger. Where we have to go find food. There's something about God just doesn't leave me comfortable. And for me to grow familiar with his voice would then mean I have to follow his voice. And to follow his voice would mean that I'm probably going some places I did not expect to go. And quite truth, I'm probably not prepared to go, but I'm going with a good shepherd. And he's going to lead me and guide me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Why? Because they direct and they protect. Those are the two functions. They direct me and they protect me. And so for us as people, this is a, this is a learned thing. You should get around an Eli and go, man, I'm feeling like the Lord's speaking this. What do I, what do, I do with this? I just, I don't know what to say, how to handle this. I, I, the Lord, I feel like the Lord's impressing me with this. And, and get some Eli's around you who would go, well, this is what the Bible says about some of those decisions. And this is what, this is what I, you know, the way I see these things. But at the end of the day, you really do have to trust what God's putting in your heart. But let me just give you some parameters or give you some checkpoints to go through and, and kind of help you in the way. And, 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 and the other thing is, is, is take the guilt or the pressure off of, of whether or not you're going to hear God. Don't, don't go into prayer going, oh, man, if I don't hear him today, we probably, he probably doesn't like me very much. No, he, it's just you're trying to figure out how you're going to hear God well. And that grows over time. And the familiarity with God will allow you to follow him. Because here's the truth about Samuel. Samuel didn't step into the purpose and calling of his life until he fully recognized God's voice. And there are things, not everything, but there are some things that are waiting for you. That will only come as you grow more and more familiar with God's voice. So that when he speaks and says, go, you go. Because you trust him. Because you know him. Because you didn't pick up the phone and it's some strange voice, but it's the Lord's voice. And he's saying, go. And you go, I know that voice. I'm going that place. I'm going to step into that season. Amen? Amen. And here's where we end. Jesus is the good shepherd, yeah? He is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. And maybe what I want you to hear today above any other thing is that he laid down his life for you so that he could have relationship with you. This whole idea of being able to speak with God is something that was bought at a price. It's something that was paid for. It's something when Jesus gave up who he was and laid down his life for you and I, he made available to us then a relationship that had not, yet, had not been available before then. That, that all of a sudden he, he tore the veil, which is, again, just the tabernacle. Those of us un, not familiar, uh, the, the tabernacle broken. Now all of a sudden where only the priests could go, now all people could go because Jesus had made a way. And so for us to even talk about hearing God's voice and being able to speak to God is a recognition of an incredible gift that Jesus made available to you and I through his death and resurrection, that he gave everything so that he could be everything to you and me through relationship, through community, through conversation, so that he could be the one who speaks to us, 
leads us and guides us, that the Holy Spirit would direct us and counsel us and point us to Jesus. What an incredible thing to even be talking about it. What an incredible gift, amen? I'm praying that over these next several days that you would grow familiar with God's voice. In fact, I would say, quit worrying about following his voice. I know that sounds a bit, but I, quit worrying about the next step. Quit worrying about the next thing. And make your primary thing familiarity with his voice. Some people would say, prayer is not for the main thing. Prayer is the main thing. Don't, don't worry about whether or not you're going to hear it when he says it. Don't just, just get in your word. Get around people. Get to a dinner party. Pray. Do your best with what you know. Because your father knows what you need. Would you bow your heads with me? So we pray. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that you are for us. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you've not left us. I thank you that you have not stopped speaking to us. As a people and as an individual, I thank you that you have not stopped simply because we didn't hear it right the first time or simply because we got confused or, or because we're, not unsure, we're a little bit unsure. Lord, I, we approach you as Father and as God. We approach the throne of our God as a child boldly, confidently because we know that you are our Father. We, we approach that and, and, and today I pray that we would be people who would take off the condemnation, take off the pressure, take off some of the frustrations and even some of the expectations and, and like Samuel that we would over the course of time grow more and more familiar with your voice. And as we make that the priority, as we make that the main thing, that we would, because of that, follow you into the life you have created us for, into the influence and the way we bless people the way you've made us to do. I pray that we would hear you. I pray that we would walk with you. And I pray that our communication with you would just grow by the day. We would never again be confused about whether or not you're speaking. But to be certain that our Father is willing and wanting to have a real relationship with us. For some of us this morning, and I'm just going to, in just a moment, ask you to pray with me on this. But for some of us this morning, we have carried around a guilt or a shame or a fear. We have carried around uh, some hurt, some discouragement. And for so long have not heard God's voice, not because he isn't speaking, but because we have limited ourselves by, by our hurt and shame and pain and, or just simply season and stress of life. And God, this morning... I'm just convinced. I want you to hear him as clear as you've ever heard him. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He doesn't want you to carry around these false expectations about what this relationship looks like. But that he's with you and he's for you. And if you'd say this morning, you know what, I'm, 
I just want to grow familiar with his voice. I want to hear his voice. I want to pray with you real quickly. If you'd say that, you say, you know what, I just want to grow familiar. I've, I've really, really worked on the following thing, but even in the midst of all my trying to follow well, I've, I've kind of lost a familiarity or never even really gotten to a place of familiarity with him, and I, I, that's what I want to seek. That's what I want to pursue. That's what I want in my life. And you'd say, I want to be familiar with God so that I can follow God where he's leading me. If that's you this morning, you say, you know, I want to, I want to grow familiar. Would you just real quickly, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Come on. Awesome. 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 Anybody else, real quick, I'm just going to pray. And then we're going to sing again. What an incredible day. So awesome. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. God, I thank you for those who put their hand in the air. And I know there's others who didn't. This isn't official or not official because we raised our hand. But I, I do thank you for those who got a little bold. And I, I thank you that you are wanting and willing to speak to our hearts and speak to our lives that you are in the business of communication, that you do want relationship, that yes, you want to give things, but God, you also maybe more predominantly want to speak to our hearts and be in relationship with us. So I pray for those in this room, including myself, who would say, I want to hear you more clearly. I want to grow more familiar with you. I want to know you more. I want to grow so familiar with you that I can follow you without any hesitation, without any fear, without any distrust, but that I would be able to follow you fully and completely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.